during the few moments that we have, we're going to have a little chat, like brothers and sisters and friends, and probably enemies too, about the prospects for peace or prospects for freedom in 1965. If you notice, I almost, almost flipped there and said peace. Actually, you can't separate peace from freedom. Anybody, no one can be at peace unless he has his freedom. You can't separate the two. And this is the thing that makes 1965 so explosive and so dangerous. The people in this country who in the past have been at peace and been peaceful were that way only because they didn't know what freedom was. They let somebody else define it for them. But today, 1965, you find those who have not had freedom uh, and not in a position to define freedom, they're beginning to define it for themselves now. And as they get in a position intellectually to define freedom for themselves, they see that they don't have it. And it makes them less peaceful or less inclined toward peace. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to Data Drop Balls podcast. We're back with episode 13 and continuing the discussion series. Today we have Drew, Charles, and Tanel with us. We're going to have a couple of topics to talk about today, and we're just going to have good conversation uh, and, you know, just keep the conversation, you know, keep the conversation going, keep the topics going and everything and push them out there for people to hear. So today we wanted to talk about, you know, black owned businesses, the, a little bit about the Justice Act that was presented by Senator Tim Scott, a Republican Senator from South Carolina, uh, the three police officers who were fired from the Wilmington, North Carolina Police Department. And I know Charles has some stuff he wanted to say about lynching and or the lynchings that have been going on since I believe May 27th. And we're going to, you know, we have another topic that we wanted to bring to the forefront just about the black family and how, uh, you know, sometimes the black family can set their youth up for failure. And we're, we're going to talk about a little bit about that as well. Um, but first, before we get started, I wanted to ask y'all, I believe, you know, Charles and Tanel, I was talking to you all about this earlier, but Drew, did you hear about in Texas how uh, the real estate agents are going to stop saying master bedroom and master bathroom? And they're just gonna say bedroom and bathroom because they want to take master out of that that whole equation. Um, did you hear about that, Drew? Yeah, um, yeah, I heard about it. Um, I actually heard I might I might have heard a different version where they're gonna start just calling them primary. Oh, primary. Uh, okay. Uh, that that's that that's just on the one article I read that they're gonna start calling them primary bedroom bathroom and all that and all that good stuff i think this is the stupidest thing ever and i think (laughs) i i think so too and honestly you know i i hate to say but i think it's like something to be like what what can a plea appease black people in the black lives matter thing uh let's take master out of it you know like come on now like like bro you're not even listening to us at this point <laughs> you're just doing whatever you feel we want y'all to do and that ain't even the case we think it's dumb as hell <laughs> yeah they, they, they over here suspending everything master they're gonna start suspending they're gonna say no more blackjack no more I mean, <laughs> not calling but, it blackmail no more we're not gonna call it the black box anymore yeah. you know we're gonna take all of that out of here like come yeah, on man. Man. Um. You know, it goes to the it goes to the whole like um, 
I mean, we're not even asking for all this stuff, man. It wasn't yeah. even brought up. I mean, to a certain extent, it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> but but you're kind of but but you're kind of missing like the message. Like now it just looks like we just we're just you know just it, it just kind of seems like we're making a big deal now out of everything. So it's yeah. you know kind of looks like oh black people just want everything changed. And that ain't even the case. We ain't even doing that. We just want legislation. Look, <laughs> I'm just saying if we change anything, we need to change white Jesus. That's that's all I'm saying. But <laughs> They can keep the master bedroom or whatever that case is. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a way to kind of dumb it down. And then you get, like, other people reading the articles that aren't black. And it's like, oh, this is what these black people want is just master bedroom? This sounds retarded. The whole black lives is <laughs> probably dumb. You know, like, it, it sounds crazy, but, like, I can see them coming, you know. Oh, you, you know there's, gonna, there's people like that. You know, you already know there's people like that. That's just going to take it and run with it and be like, yeah, Black Lives Matter is stupid. I can't believe they, they have an issue with master bedroom and master bathroom. Hey, this is you what know, they're after know, for. Go ahead, Janelle. Oh, no, I was like, that's what they're out there fighting for? Like, you know, you know, it's funny. I saw a comment on that, on that, uh, on that article I read. It's the uh, specific one I read, and it had me dying. One dude said, "What are we gonna cancel next? Masturbation?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just called bation. That's all it's gonna be called, bation. You in there bationing again? <laughs> bation. I'm telling you, watch. They take master out the dictionary next. Watch. <laughs> Yeah, man, we're not we're not asking for all that, and and anybody who's all about that whole like whoever's against that whole movement now, it just gives them an extra weapon to be like, look how stupid this is. They're sitting here complaining about master, like we're making a big deal out of it, but it's yeah. not us. It's just you know, I I don't even know why it's happening. I saw uh, Kevin on stage say that they're going to stop calling it master's degrees. It's going to be called a bachelor degree supreme, a step above bachelor's <laughs> degree. <laughs> oh man but we, uh, we laugh about it man but yeah i think it's it it was a strategic move to whoever did it or thought about it it's almost like a how they counteract our stuff with all lives matter it was like one of those type of chess moves you know like <laughs> it's it, it's crazy that they yeah. that they that they man, they going too. They going too far. They killing my vibe. They going way too far with doing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's 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 like that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Cleveland show. I never watched it, but I just I read something else where the where the the actor is actually the voice actor is actually a white dude that plays you know that the black character mm -hmm. uh, who does his voice and. Apparently, I read an article that said he stepped down because he thinks it should be played by a black man. And I'm like, oh, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, dude, just do, just do your job. Look, nobody, nobody – look, I don't know about you guys. I never even knew it was a white dude that put that, that voice. On, so. I didn't either. Until yeah, you, well, you just said something about it. Th yeah, that's so, something so – like, that, that's, that, that's so behind the scenes. Like, like, nobody's looking that up. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, that's one of the things me and my mom was talking about today too was talking about how uh they're creating jobs for black people and it's like I'm not asking you to create jobs for me what I'm asking you to do is if I am qualified and I'm more qualified than whoever I'm up against 
hire me. Don't create yeah, a new say. job for me. Hire me because I'm qualified to do this job. So like if me and and you know whatever white boy went to the same college, we both right. got the same degree. We both I have more experience than him and I have this track record of things. Don't hire him. Hire me because I'm more qualified than him. Like it's I don't need you to create me a job. Just hire me. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it just seems like that's kind of what it's doing. It's just like causing, you know, the white community to maybe have sympathy upon us to like do these type of things. Like it's just like we don't need your help that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's not what we're we're trying to talk help about. Help us change legislation. That's, yeah. That's where I'm at. I don't I don't need you to give me a handout. Help me change legislation. That that's what we need you to do. That's what we need your help for. You know, yeah. it's funny to me because it feels like a lot of white people they just they just they miss the overall big picture as it is. They always trying to help you the way that they think that they want to help you. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Help me the way that I need to be helped, you know? And, and that's why I appreciate the the people that are inquisitive and they ask questions and they want to know how they can help. Like the white people that they're asking, you know, they're asking questions. They they're doing research. They're looking, they're looking stuff up. Like, I mean, I've had conversations with some white people and they brought me hardcore facts. Like, yeah, the prison system is flawed and this, that, and the third, and you know, drug, the, the war on drugs and all this. It's like, okay, you, you did the research. I, I like that. Don't, don't come here thinking, you know, you know what I want or know what I need. Cause you ain't, you ain't never asked me. <laughs> yeah true true and it's just like they're over here giving us fish but it's like no we want the fishing pole we want to be able to build the fishing pole <laughs> so we can catch our own fish you know like yeah. we don't need you to give me a fish you know i just need the platform to build the pole and start catching my own fish and that's what i want you know facts i mean I mean, I mean, I mean, look at, I don't, I can't remember where this is out of, man, or if it was even a true story, man, but you see those, I've seen some, some stuff online where they're talking about, you know, white people are bowing down to black people in the streets, and have you, have you guys hear anything about that? Crazy. Uh, where they were literally, like, down on their knees, bowing down to black people. Like, oh, no, I didn't like, see nothing like that. that. I can't remember where it was out of, man, but I was like, bruh. Like nope. this, ain't, this ain't the move, bro. Like we equal. I don't need you bowing down to me like I'm your master. I didn't ask for that. But <laughs> on some real stuff, like I know me and Tanel, uh, we be going walking, and it's just like lately, um, like the the white people have been very friendly. Like they're waving and like you know what I'm saying. Like they're just doing extra <laughs> kind stuff. Have you guys had like had that where they're just like, hey, let me get Yo, this for you, or like. You know, nah, nah, I ain't seen oh. that. Not for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it's it's been crazy. It's, it's been crazy around here. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just like, wow. It's like, uh, oh, like, like appreciate it. Kind of out of the way. Over here, here bringing uh, cherry pies to your doorstep. Come on. But no, it's I don't know. Like even uh my mom was saying something like that where like this she was at the yeah, they was going above beyond, they was at the grocery store, like, ma'am, I'll take that for you. You know, just and it wasn't even like a worker, it was just like a random white person, like, I'll get it. I'll you know. So I, I'm, I don't I'm know. All for, I'm all for people being kind to one another. I, I'm with that. But like you 
let's tone it back a little bit, man. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's 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 going a little overboard. I almost feel like those type of people, like they don't, they want to help, but they don't know how to help. So the best thing that they're going to find is a way to help, try, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's try or like to they find feel they feel guilty or like you know they want to apologize for being white or apologize for what their ancestors did or whatever, bro. Like I don't need you to apologize for being white. You white, that's cool. I don't care. Like don't apologize for it. Don't don't apologize for your ancestors. Bro, just yeah. help me make some changes or ask me some questions to see how we can go about this. Then we can move forward. Don't I don't I don't need all of this insincere stuff cuz to me it don't seem sincere. It just seems yeah. a spur of the moment thing. It, they're a prisoner of the moment, I should say. It, it's almost like, you know, I don't want to speak for the like the disabled community or anything, but you know, I've broke my leg before and I've you know, been in a wheelchair and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, people like, let me push you. Let me, no, I got it, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't need no special treatment. I can get it. Like, it's yeah. almost like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't try to treat me a little bit better because, you know, you're looking at me because I'm black or you look at me because I'm in a wheelchair. Like, I just want to be treated the same, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 like I said, I've been getting kind of different uh looks from the white community now that the black lives matter like the protests or like whatever all stuff has came about yeah so i was just seeing if y'all kind of experienced <laughs> something like out of the ordinary like hey bro i know that this is you usually don't be doing this you know like yeah. or so charles you you asked a question um earlier not is before we started recording and everything but you was talking about um the black community and how you know or the black families and how we may set our youth up for failure because um you know we we don't allow them to uh to work and save money you know we always tell them we need their help with like a bill or you know you know something but we don't allow them to work and save money and all of that so if you want to elaborate a little bit more on that so that way our listeners can can get an understanding yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I just feel like the, like as the black community or whatnot, um, you know, ma- majority of our community were, were lower class. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, I know they hear the stories of, you know, um, we barely scraped by mom made miracles and all this type of stuff. And it's, you know, when you turn 18, it's just like, Hey, get out the house or if you're in my house you're going to be paying these bills you're going to be doing this um and it it doesn't help us save um any type of money to build any type of wealth you know it's just more of another person in the household trying to keep that household together as opposed to making yeah branching out and getting your own um, and to me personally, you know, I, I believe that children should contribute a little bit, but all their money towards the bills or something like you're, you're not helping them out at all. Like if you, if you made it, you know what I'm saying? While they were young and they didn't have a job, I don't see why you can't make it now. I mean, they, they can pitch in, but taking 80 or 90% of their income, that's, that's not, you know, helping, helping us. Yeah. And um, so I I was lucky enough growing up where, you know, I my mom's a pharmacist. So, you know, while she was working or like when I first started working when I was in high school, 
she didn't really make me pay any bills, but she allowed me to spend my money how I wanted to spend my money. Um, but I almost think it would be better that even if, because, you know, being at that age, most kids don't want to save their money or they don't, they don't know anything about saving money, especially in impoverished communities or, you know, um, when people are living in poverty or just above poverty or whatever, they're not learning much about saving money, but uh, it would almost be better, I believe, that if their parents maybe took 80% of their check or, you know, a percentage of their check and put it in a savings account for the, for their kids. Because, uh, like I said, when I was a kid, I was spending my money stupidly. Like, I just spent money just to spend money because I had it and I didn't have to pay no bills. Um, but also, in a way, I can see how that can also set kids up for their future as far as uh, making them learn some type of responsibility, like paying bills. Um, because I mean, that's, that's an adult thing we have to do. Like, I remember used to, I remember when I wanted to be an adult so bad and now I'm like, I wish I was 12 again, or I wish I was Braden's age, my son's age. I wish I was four. I ain't have to worry about paying bills. I ain't have to worry about doing none of that. Um, but I think it's a, it's a gift and a curse because it teaches kids. Okay. Well, you know, you are going to have responsibilities when you get older to take care of your household, you know, by paying bills and stuff. But like you said, it doesn't allow them to save up money. <clears throat> and so when they are out on their own, uh, then they don't have any money saved up. So it's almost like you're working the rest of your life just to, you know, you just work just to work, to save money. Like you never right. get paid. What about if it, what, what if it was, what about if it was like, you know, because not every situation was going to land you in where, where, the, where the kid actually needs to help with yeah. a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like the mom or the dad or whatever, they got everything covered. You know what right. I'm saying? But at the same time, you're still living in their house at, 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 you know, after you graduate high school. So you need to chip in and pay some bills. That's understandable. But like me, what I want to do is if I ever get to that point where I have kids and they're at that age where they can start paying some bills, even though I'm probably going to have it covered, still take that money and still probably set that money aside for them in the future. Yeah, and see, so that's, that, that's what I'm that saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You take some of that money and just set it aside for them for the future because they're not, like I said, they're not going to save their money. They're kids. They, they, they out here making money. They're <laughs> They making big money right now because they they getting their whole check. They ain't gotta pay for nothing. So yeah, give me a little bit of that. I'll put it in a savings account for you. You can spend whatever you have left over. You yeah. know what? I I actually think like um, you're right. You know what I'm saying? As if in like building responsibility, um, having them have chores and like I feel like there's is a whole thing that you can work with them or find them other ways than just make sure that you're giving them all your money or have them give you all their money. Yeah. So, and like I said, teaching them responsibility, having chores, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, putting this aside, putting some for, um, um, a savings account or something. But do you also think like maybe even a parent as if in like getting them like a starting them out, like with a young credit card or things or whatever, do you think that's another way to right. build, their credit because that's a big thing now too yeah. you know what i'm saying that building credit is huge. credit or you do need some type of under your belt so it's not just money given giving me your money and saving hey i'm also maybe try to give you maybe 
a little five hundred dollar credit card. And again, that is, you know, I, I have it if it's covered or whatever. But that's also trying to set them up for success as well. But and even and, to that extent, even if they're getting a, a secured credit card, because you know, right. a secured credit card, you have to put a deposit in there and everything, and whatever yeah. you put in there, that's what you can use, and it right. helps you build your credit. So even to that point. And that's what I was going to say, too, where, you know, yes, there there are different ways to teach responsibility, like balancing a checkbook, uh, yeah. teaching your kids about credit, teaching your kids yeah. about businesses, teaching your kid about, um, you know, just a, a bunch of different things that can help them manage their money. So, Charles, you like you, you do financial literacy. So like teaching your kids those things at a younger age. So that way, when they do get out there, um, when they it's do not, get out there, it's, it's not that hard for them. But also at the same time, if you're living in an impoverished area and your parents are in poverty or just above poverty, are they really practicing those things as well? And yeah. And really know much about those things because there's a reason, I'm not going to say a reason they are where they are, but because there's other things in place, but, um, you know, they may not know about those things as well. So it, it would be hard for them to teach their kids that type of responsibility rather than, okay, well, I'm going to teach you how to pay bills. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah, you I, I agree with you guys um, in regards to you got to teach them at a young age. So like when you guys are saying, hey, you know, when they turn 18, just give me the money and I'll save it. Mm -hmm. To me, I, I feel like they're they're Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you have to if you're at that point where you're like, give me the money and I save it, I almost think that you failed. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, well, that's it, what it saying. almost yeah, to me at like 16 to, or 15 to me for them to know the lesson like you, you almost have to have them save the money themselves because it's mm -hmm. just like you held on to the money out to me i don't feel like they've learned yeah anything about holding so, on to their money um, so let me let me let me add in there real quick so here here's my thinking on that charles um and this is what i was trying to get at when i said this so with that it so I've been in those situations legitimately where I'm living check to check, where I'm borrowing money from a check cash in place or whatever, just to pay ends me calling places to see if I can postpone bills. Scrap. I've, I've been unemployed, have, I've had, you know, uh, random jobs that I've found on Craigslist just to pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to get at with that is I believe that the struggle turn me into the person I am today that can save money, that's got decent credit, that's got those responsibilities on how to pay bills, how to pay them on time. So what I'm getting at with, with as, as far as a kid that age is I don't see any problem with letting him think he's struggling. You know what I'm saying? Getting him into that mindset of, man, my, my, my money's short. I still got to pay the cell phone or I still want to go out with my kids and getting him in the mindset of, uh, of managing his money better without him knowing that he actually does have a safety net under him. So for me, like I said, those were the biggest lessons that I had to learn was to save money. I wasn't taught that. I had to le learn that stuff on my own. I, I had to learn things about credit and all that stuff on my own. My, my mom didn't teach me none of that stuff. You know? Right. So, but even with that, you know what I'm saying? And this is what I really feel like even within our black community, you know, society overall is hard, you know what I'm saying? So as a thing, like for my own children, you know, I want to try to make it as easy, easier for them as possible than what I had it. Not saying that I had it, you know what I'm saying, you know, stupid hard either, 
but how you felt or even things like me, you even learning that now, or even you feeling like what I know now, I wish somebody would have told me that way back in the, you know, way back in the day where, okay, I may could have made better choices or things or whatever. So do you not even think maybe knowing that they may have a safe security net or whatever, okay, maybe what, 13, they like to talk on the phone, fine, you get the little cell phone bill. And knowing that they have to try to, you know, make this ends meet. Obviously, you know, you got the cell phone bill. You know what I'm saying? You are that security blanket under them. However, they need to make sure that they try to meet these, you know, goals without literally making them struggle. You know what I'm saying? You know, when they're older or things or whatever, or try to, you know, teach that lesson when they're, you know, when they're so much older. So, so with that, I, so I guess I'm kind of biased simply, simply because I, I did learn a hard way. So mm-hmm. for me, so for me, um, I didn't have anybody to be like, okay, this is what you do. And, and, and was taught that at a, at a young age. I, I didn't have anybody to teach me that at that right. age. A so, lot of so, so for me, yeah, I want, yeah, granted, my kids going to be, is going to be well off if I ever do have one. It's gonna be well off because I'm gonna make sure that they're well off. But at the end of the day, I'm still not gonna make it so easy to the point where they don't know what a struggle is and they oh. and they're and prioritizing their stuff and they're and they're looking down on people who might have, you know, who might not have as much as they have and something like that. So I think that builds character. I think it yeah. builds. I think it builds. I think it builds you into a strong man to be like, okay, you know. I know how to do these things. I know how to manage my money. I know how to do this and 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 even go to that struggle where where you're kind of like how am I going to how am I going to get this paid off? And maybe them coming up to me and saying, "Hey dad, okay. How did you do it when you when you were this age?" And I just give him that little piece of advice to see if he does it or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that that's that's my mindset simply because like I said, I think I'm a little biased on it. You see a lot of kids, like white kids for example, that Everything's handed off to them. They get a brand new car at 18, 2020 car at 18. They got college already paid for. They got they can work at they at their dad's job. They don't have to worry about losing it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want it to be that easy for them. Yeah. Simply I because mean, I made it that the wealthy do things where it's uh, you know, like you said, the kid got a new car at 18. They uh they bring them into their business at 18 so they know how to how to run the business but also i mean that's so it, it's smart for them to do that too because that's how they keep the wealth in the family but uh i do get the point where you're saying like you you want your child to know you know you're gonna have to struggle for some of the stuff that you want you're gonna have to work for what you want everything is not just gonna be handed to you and i think that's the thing with within the black community too where some of us don't want to struggle we just want it we just want to get it like like everybody else we see we see get it. Yeah, get it the fast way. Yeah. Like a lot of people want to get the fast way, man. Sure. So, Me personally, I, I didn't even get a car. Yeah. I, I didn't even get a car, so I think I was like I think my first car was I was like twenty three or twenty four. Well go ahead, Charles. Yeah, no, me personally, I, I think that um we have to come to a common ground where it's like our children can learn the lesson without them falling all the way completely down. Because I, I almost feel like we always have to be like, oh, you want to be hard-headed? I'm going to make you fall all the way down. You know what I'm can saying? Can you repeat but, that? I didn't, can't, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that and hear you? Oh, yeah. Um, I said we have to come to a common ground where we don't allow 
our, our child can learn the lesson without them completely falling all the way down or completely. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But not to the point where it's like everything's handed to you. Um, so, and, and again, I just think that starts at a young age. Like, um, for example, I, um, let's say that they have some type of allowance or whatever, and then they decided to get it on some J's or something. And then we all go out to eat, but you ain't got no money. Oh, you ain't eating it. You, you know what I'm saying? That right there, it's just like, oh, you, you know, you need to save some money up all the time or, you know, just starting at the young age. And then I think that it would gear our child towards, you know, not having to fall all the way down. You know, starvation is how is how far you want to go with this. (laughs) (laughs) He gonna starve the kid, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, I just I just feel like there there has to be a balance that we have to, um, and it's going to depend on child too, because we all know some children are yeah, some of just hard headed, others (laughs) like me, I'm I'm hard headed as hell. So like, (laughs) I'll be the first to admit that. Like my parents. Um, they didn't teach me at a very early age, but after I graduated high school and stuff, that's when they started talking to me about credit, you know, balancing my checkbook, uh, and stuff like that. And I didn't listen. And so that got me in the position I'm pretty much in today where I'm trying to get out of debt. Cause I want to buy a house. I want to, you know, uh, put more or put more money back into my business and all this other stuff. But because I was hardheaded and because I really didn't listen when I turned 18 and granted, they probably should have started teaching me this a lot earlier than 18. But, uh, you know, they, they, they did teach me nonetheless. And so when I turned 18, I, you know, I thought I was grown. I could do what I wanted to do. And I went out there and was being stupid. Even when I went to California, because my dad was in the military. So when I went out to California for school, um, I got the, uh, what is it called? The, the GI Bill. So I got two grand a month for housing when I was in California. Mind you, and so... That was like my, I want to say my last year and a half or something in Cali, because before I was living with my parents when I was there. And even they, even then, they tried to teach me about balancing my checkbook, saving money, doing all of this stuff. But I was like 19, 20 years old. So again, I wasn't really listening. Um, but I got out on my own, got the GI Bill, was getting about two grand a month for housing. School was paid for. Um, and I had like four, I had three other roommates. So our, I think our rent was somewhere around two grand or something like that. So we all paid our portion of the rent. Like I said, it's four people paying rent. So I still got like 1500 left over. You know, I'm still like, I'm just about to go get tatted and go buy J's and clothes. And had I been smart and saved that money, because I think I had it for like nine months. Had I been smart and at least saved like a thousand or, you know, maybe put away 500 every month that I was getting that. I would have had some bank by time I got, by time I graduated there, I could have bought a new car, you know, and just paid cash for it or, you know, whatever with that money and, or just put it in savings or a CD, invested it, whatever, and let it build, you know, build interest and build up more and more and more. But I was just dumb and I didn't save none of my money. So that, that just goes with people being hardheaded. Like I was hardheaded as hell. Yeah. I, me, I think it starts with like, uh, just even transparency, like, I don't know, like when y'all were little, it's just like, I want to go to McDonald's or something. We ain't got McDonald's money. And you know, you get mad and stuff, but you're really wondering why we ain't got McDonald's money. Yeah, you know, like you go to work almost, every day. Why ain't got no yeah, why we ain't got money like, for McDonald's? You know, once they know how to count or whatever at a certain age, come sit down. Let me show you these bills. 
<laughs> Let me show you how much I got. <laughs> and look at all this minus. We only got ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And it gotta last for ten days. Do you see that we got McDonald's money? No? Okay. You know, or whatever. <laughs> like, but I, I just think as the black community, that money has been so taboo. Like, you never ask your parents, like, how much do you make? Just yeah. we ain't, you know, it's like I think we have to be a little bit more transparent with with our children of, hey, this is this is what we got. This is what we got to survive with, not just we ain't got it. You know, yeah, it just and, so much to a child's mind. Like, why don't we have it, you know? And uh, even with my son nowadays, like, he's four, but he'll ask me questions or he'll ask me, like, hey, can I have this? And I'm like, daddy can't buy you that right now, buddy, because daddy just had to pay bills. And, you know, you like living here. You like living where we're living, right? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, daddy had to pay rent. Rent was this much money. Daddy only made this much. So <laughs> rent was this much. Daddy don't have that much left over to sit here and buy you, uh, you know, all these different toys that you see on TV that you want. I was like, maybe for your birthday, maybe for Christmas, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. But right now, I can't just be buying you stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, I think that, that even just leaves something in their mind of why instead mm -hmm. of just, we ain't got it or whatever. So I think True. just kind of bridging those transparency gaps just kind of helps at a, at a younger age. Yeah. So as you drew just maybe, so what age would you want to maybe really have that transparency conversation with them? Regarding, yeah, regarding like bills, money, you know, credit, um, that type of stuff. What age is an appropriate age for you, you think, to start telling your um, children? Realistically, I would say probably, I mean, this is a wild guess. I don't have any kids, but if I was right. going to start teaching them, I would probably start teaching them about 16, 17. Okay. Maybe as far as, get, as, far as getting into detail on stuff, 16, 17. Because if they're going to graduate by 18 and possibly be out of the house by 18, 19, we want to make sure we have it down packed by that time. For me, um, for me, honestly, I think as early as possible. So, like, as early as my son knows basic math, so addition and subtraction, I want to teach him about balancing a checkbook, you know, uh, I want to teach him about not assets and liabilities, but about, uh, you know, uh, income or, you know, yeah, income and, and what you're paying out. So like, you know, what, what I'm making right now and the bills that I got to pay every month. And so to add those up to, you know, kind of teaching them about budgeting and okay, well, this is how much I make this month. These are the bills for the month. So after I pay all of these bills, this is how much I have left. So I, I kind of want to get him a concept of getting that financial literacy so he 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 understands. And I want to do it as soon as he knows basic math, as, you know, when he's comfortable with basic math. So uh, so as, as soon as that, and I mean, I don't really know what age that, that comes. I guess that's like maybe uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. But that's when I want to start teaching my son that kind of stuff because I feel like the earlier on that you teach them and they get an understanding, it's just like when they say, you know, uh, bring your kid, like start teaching your children about guns at an earlier age, because it, 
it leaves out the curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so Braden knows I have a gun in the house. He's uh, he hasn't pulled my gun out, but he pulled my gun case from under my bed. It's it's locked up, but he pulled it from under my bed. So at that point, he's four years old. At that point, I took I showed him the gun. I was like, hey, I didn't yell at him. I didn't you know make him feel bad. But I was like, hey, you're not in trouble. I opened the case up. I said, hey, this is this is Daddy's gun. You can't play with this. You can't touch this. Um, you have to leave this alone because this is this is dangerous and it can harm someone um, if you don't know how to use it properly. And and I was like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't want you to harm me. I want you to live a long life and not accidentally shoot yourself or anything like that. And uh, I asked him if he wanted to touch it. He was scared to touch it. So, I, you know, it's cool. You're four years old. Your daddy's talking to you about a gun. You think you're in trouble. So I get it. But um, I wanted to have that conversation at an early age so that way he doesn't have that curiosity. And so it's the same with money where I want you to understand this. So when you are 16, 17, 18, uh, whenever you start working, you have a good concept of, okay, I got this much money coming in because I started working at 16, whether it be at a grocery store or something like that. I have this much money coming in. I can start saving, okay, this much, and I can leave this much to have fun or, you know, you know, vice versa, whatever. But I want to have that conversation as early as possible. So that way he gets a, a good understanding and he can actually start saving money. So that way, when he is 18, he has something he can fall back on. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I know with me and Tanel, we don't have no kids right now, but when we do, it's definitely going to be, you know, at a very young age. And honestly, me, I, I think children are are smarter than what we give them credit for. So for I'm, sure. you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, tell them the basics about budgeting, even like with my real estate, um, I'm going to just break it down to them. You know, like he's just a, a grown person. And eventually, I think every time that we do that, it'll just kind of start resonating more and more and more uh, where, you know, maybe they'll be a little advanced um, at 16 or 17. So for like example, even like when they're they're little or whatever, and just teaching them about the different types of ways to make income. So like you'll see the what the boy scouts and girl scouts selling like their little cookies or whatever mm-hmm. so it just be like something basic like hey i got this dollar now um you can take this dollar and you can get a reese's and that's all you're gonna get you know if you eat the reese's but if you take this dollar get the reese's and then sell the reese's for two dollars then that means that you can have two reese's or you know what i'm saying you get two reese's and then you eat one and get another one sell it you know <laughs> something like that so they get it like it's just on some real simple stuff and it's just like this how you hustle yeah, you, you know, know you know you know you know what he's gonna say he's gonna say he's gonna say dad won't you just buy all the receipts <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna break down the budget book you know? <laughs> hey hey you know, hey you know what that reminds me of that is that cat williams skit where you talk about his kid going to go buy the, the jordans you guys yeah. remember that stand up he's like well he said, "Well, see, I can go buy you the 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 pair of Jordans, or I can go get you the Batman." Oh, the yeah, <laughs> he said, "Well, I just go get the Batman." That's what I'm talking about. Like I said, and like I said, like my answer is so random, simply because I'm not. My mindset isn't 
isn't there. I'm not even, I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm gonna have kids. So, yeah. you know, yeah. my mindset, even, even thinking of that as far as teaching kids about balancing stuff out. But yeah, yeah, your mindset is about I can taking, care of, taking care of your life right now. Taking care of my life. So, you know, but, but I totally understand teaching them at a young age because I did think, you know, because I, like I said in an earlier podcast, I got my firearm. So I was thinking, okay, yeah, I see a lot of these kids out here, like white kids and whatnot. They they shooting by the time they eight, mm-hmm. you know. So if you know, so I'm thinking, okay, yeah. So if I do get into a situation where I have a kid or whatever, I do want to teach them stuff earlier. So I can definitely see where you guys are coming from with that. Yeah, just just so that it's is not taboo to them, because like I said, is it or even the saying, curiosity kills the killed the cat. You know, when you're curious about something, you're more to go do it but once you're educated on something and you learn and uh and, and everything you're more likely to like go play with a gun because you know okay if i play with a gun this 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 and this can happen so you're you're more educated you're, you're less curious about it um right. but with that being said i'm gonna we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get back and we're gonna talk about some some other things as well uh some of the other topics that we mentioned earlier as well this episode has been brought to you by Black Elephant Brand. Visit the website today for your clothing needs. They have men's, women, children's clothing. Just visit the website blacceffantbrand.com. All right, so we're back from that quick little break. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was the Justice Act that was presented by uh, Republican Senator Tim Scott. He's the senator of South Carolina. He, I believe, is the only black senator right now in the chamber. Um, so he he introduced the Justice Act, I believe it was last Wednesday or something like that. And it is to address police reform, accountability, and transparency, or transparency, and also promotes an effort to find solutions to systematic issues of um that affect people of color and it is it deals with education health and the criminal justice system so i'm just give you all a little outline of it um so it requires law enforcement to report their their use of force no knock warrants and it incentivizes uh a chokehold ban so for departments not to use the chokehold it gives them incentives not to so like grants and everything like that and it increases the penalties for false police reports. It establishes a new grant program and penalties for failing to uh, ensure correct usage of body-worn cameras. Law enforcement agencies are to also maintain and share disciplinary records for officers being hired by different departments. So that means they just have to make sure they keep an accurate record of any kind of disciplinary actions they've had to take with an officer. Um, if they let him go, he resigns or whatever before he can and send that record also to a new agency who is requesting it if he's going to try to get hired by another department. Um, it makes lynching a federal hate crime, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. It forms a commission to issue a report on conditions affecting black men and boys in education, healthcare, financial status, and the criminal justice system. Uh, creates trainings for departments to use uh, or for departments to use uh, it, their trainings on use of force, de-escalation, behavioral health crisis, and the duty to intervene. 
creates a commission to review the criminal justice system and submit best practices re recommendations and ensures law, law enforcement agencies are hiring personnel that reflect the community that they serve, ensures transparency, and making it unlawful for a federal law enforcement officer to engage in sexual acts while under the color of the law or with an individual who is under arrest, in detention, or in officer's custody, which to me that is mind-blowing that that is not already unlawful. But um, <laughs> But yeah, so this this bill or this act was shot down by um, by the Democrats in the Senate. So and it, it well, it wasn't shot down by that. the The course of them even just talking about the act and uh, and going over the act that was shut down by the the Democrats in the Senate. Um, majority of the Republicans Republicans voted to at least have the conversation. And I think there was two or three Democrats that voted to at least have the conversation, but the rest of them said, nah, we don't even want to talk about this. We're going to put forth our own bill. I'm not, I don't lean to either side. I'm more in my political beliefs. I'm more moderate, but I think that is a crock of shit for better words that, uh, or, you know, that, that they just shot it down just like that. Because for me is, I don't care what side of the spectrum you fall on if you're a Democrat or Republican, but at least it is an effort to change some legislation or to at least research what is going on and how we can better affect change. And you know, it has some changes in there that they, they think need to take effect immediately. Um, so it isn't at least, it's at least a, an opener you know, to make these changes. So for you to turn down, even just having a conversation about it, to me, is just crazy. And this is why I hate, not I hate our government, but I just think they just, when we have a house that is fully Democrat and a Senate that's fully Republican, it's just that whole thing where it's just like, we're not going to get shit done. We're just going to gridlock everything. And it's, yeah. the stu it's the stupidest thing to me, man. Nah, I mean, I, I just think that they, they one party wants to take credit, you know, all the time. So it's just like if the Republicans drafted the bill or the act or whatever, it's just like, oh, no, we don't want them to have that credit. It has to be a bipartisan where we both did both of them and started it together or something like, you know, it's all like political. Um, mm -hmm. and that's the thing that that just sucks about our government it's just like everybody wants credit for something you know like they tear down obamacare or whatever like it's i don't know it's just until you know people just do it on the kindness of their heart and not wanting to take credit for it you know i don't i don't see that that things are really going to change or the conversations actually going to be a meaningful conversation yeah you and know like I the, the act it wasn't it wasn't the greatest like i said it, it it's not the greatest act or you know the greatest bill or whatever but um it it was a starting point you know mm -hmm. where we can finally see some change and and like you know and i i think it was they were willing to hear whatever the democrats had to offer 
and I guess and um I guess they're gonna put forth their their other bill. I think the House was gonna come up with a bill to put out I think Thursday or last Thursday, but I haven't really read much about it. But um just because it didn't include the things that they wanted it to include, they just shot down even having a discussion about it. So to me that's that's just nuts. Like you didn't you're not voting on the bill, you're voting on just having a discussion and you said nah. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's that is kind of crazy. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I can understand they want to draft their point of the bill or whatever, but mm-hmm. you could have still had that conversation of, yeah. hey, this is what we're going to have in our stuff, you know, get on board. Or, or like, we know. think this should include this, or we think you, you all should have added this in there or something, like, at least have the discussion. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it, it's just nuts to me that our government acts like that. And, and people get on Trump for acting like a kid, but our, our Congress acts like a bunch of big, big babies sometimes. And uh, so, I mean, it's all representative of, I, I don't know, like, but that's always how they've been as far as Congress. They always gridlock everything. Yeah. Like you, you think about just the four lows and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm you are in the government it's just like really y'all just gonna stop people's paychecks because yeah. y'all can't get a budget pass <laughs> like you know what i'm saying this happens every year like they're kicking the stuff down the road like the budget should be in october they don't create a budget till may of next year you know what i'm saying yeah, like it's, just continue resolutions until then yeah it's 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 crazy again i mean people have already said it it's just like if your paycheck was included in that budget, I bet you stuff would be moving. I bet mm-hmm. you would time, you know? Um, but I think that's the higher issue is just like, they don't have, there's no, no penalties or consequences for them. They just, they do it on their own time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> at, at America's expense, it's just like, well, we'll, we'll think about it later or we'll draft our part here in, in a week or two, you know, mm-hmm. but st- really happening on the ground in america you know people are dying like this needs to be a little bit more faster than that there needs to be some urgency like i i and i appreciate the fact that you know some people are at least trying to do something like i said it, it's not a 100 percent foolproof plan or a bill or whatever but it's a conversation starter it's a it's a lead off it's a foundation and you can only build up off of that foundation um sure. And like like I said, the the federal law, or and I guess this only go goes towards federal law enforcement. Um, so like FBI, CIA, you know, stuff like like those kind of agencies where um, they made it unlawful for an officer to engage in the sexual acts while under the color of the law. Like, why is this even a thing? Like that. <laughs> like why? How is how has that not been illegal for the for you know since time? Even like when you said, I think it was like incentivizing them to keep on their cameras and stop using mm-hmm. chokeholds. Like, I think that's crazy. And the thing is, I know it's just like brief, but like, what are the incentives of them to keep on their body cameras? It should so just I think uh, I think is grants. So what from what I was reading is that um, because you know the federal government can't really fiddle into local law enforcement so um this whole thing is trying to get local incentivize local law enforcement to actually use best practices and you know 
uh, patrol how they're supposed to. And so the body camera thing is, okay, well, we can't force you to wear body cameras, but if you wear body cameras, we will give you this much of this grant. Like, I believe they were doing like a hundred million or something a year where departments can pull from to get body cameras. And as long as they're wearing the body cameras, they'll get this money yearly. But if, uh, if they're not wearing the body cameras and they're not using them or they, they're turned off or and stuff like that, then they're going to pull money back from those departments like okay well you're not using this money properly because you're not using the 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 product we're going to give it to another department that's using them that's using the money for what it's supposed to be used for and um so i believe that's what the incentive was uh it was just giving them money for <clears throat> for using those body cameras for for wearing them and using them the way they're supposed to be using them um one of the things i found interesting though was that uh they have to report why and when they're using the no-knock warrants. Um, because, you know, in the case of Breonna Taylor, where they they went in and they didn't knock, they were going to look for someone who was apparently already in police custody. They didn't knock. They just went in with their guns drawn. And her boyfriend, fiance, husband, whoever it was, you know, you're sleeping. You hear somebody coming into your house and you are a law-abiding citizen where you carry a, a gun, you have a gun in your household for protection, what are you going to start doing? You're not just going to wait for them to shoot at you. You're going to start shooting at them or telling them to get out your house. And if they're not, then you're going to start busting. So he started doing that. They shot at her or they shot back. She got hit eight times and died immediately. Um, so at that point, you know, this is, I guess this is uh, the Breonna Taylor Act. It falls under this whole uh, Justice Act, but it's for Breonna Taylor specifically because of the no-knock warrant. And so they're saying that you have to report why and when you're using these warrants. These have to be reported to us, which I think is good because honestly, before this, I never even heard of no-knock warrants. <laughs> Me neither. And I, yeah, I never even heard of that. And then... Um, what was the other thing? The other thing was uh, that they had to report that uh, the officer's disciplinary records. So they had to maintain and report the, and report that information or share it, share that information with, you know, another department if those cops were going to go to another department, which is interesting because uh, so, and it, I mean, this takes us to the next thing about those Wilmington police officers, uh, I don't know if you all heard about it, but they were fired. It was three officers. They were fired because of um, some stuff that was picked up on one of the officers' dash cam. But uh, apparently they had some previous, they had, one of them had been previously terminated. Uh, another one had been previously demoted. And so none of this information was shared until after they got fired. So it was uh, two of the three officers fired this week had been previously terminated or demoted. So why were there no records? And if they, you know, if they moved from another precinct to the Wilmington precinct, why was this not shared with them? And so I guess this act brings that into account where um, you have to, you have to maintain these records and share, share these records with the next precinct that they go to or next department they try to go to. Um, um, Were you gonna say it now? To now? Nothing. I just said that that just baffles my mind. As if, in again, 
I mean, you go to any job and if you know what I'm saying, they ask for but a background. Like your references. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy that, you know what I'm saying? And again, the police is a very, you know, important and powerful position. You know what I'm saying? So even if you were, if you had, you know, several uh, racist or racism, you know, um, write-ups or things or whatever, you don't think that that should follow you wherever that you go? Like if that person wants that type of energy or that person or that on their, you know, in their police force, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the federal, they do like, there was things, like I said, that was on my background that I didn't even think that you could even find. So I know that they, you know, they playing silly. Like if you, like you don't know, or like, how do they not know or certain things or whatever, like that, I feel like that should already just already been a given. Like, and that's why I like uh, what the police chief said uh, for Wilmington. I believe he's the police chief. It's uh, he's a black police chief. And I believe when he fired them, it was his first day on the job, to be honest. So, um, so he fired these three officers and I was looking at a video of him doing an interview with one of the news stations. And he said that he released the, the records and everything because he wants this to follow them. He fired them because it gives them a lesser chance for them to be rehired by another department. Because if you were fired from a police department, they're going to want to know why were you fired? And so I like that he did that because one of the officers I think was asking, can I just resign? And he said, no, I'm going to fire you because I want this to follow you wherever you go because it, it makes you less likely to get hired by another police force. And so for those of, for those people who don't know what was, uh, what happened, there's like a two hour video of where these cops were caught on dash cam. I haven't seen the video. I don't think they've released the video, but, um, they did a they were doing like their little uh review of people's dash cam footage or whatever of the police officers dash cam footage or their audit of the dash cam footage and they saw this uh from one of the one of the officers dash cam uh i believe his name was michael piner or penner or something like that but he was having a phone conversation with one with some other officers and he they all the officers frequently use racial slurs. One of the officers, he had said something about um, Jesse. So Jesse Moore is one of the officers and he had said something about a woman that he arrested, calling her an N-word, a Negro, um, the B-word and all types of stuff. And said that she needed a bullet between her eyes and, and all of this other crap. Um, they were calling the magistrate of the department a pussy and that their department's only, their department's only worried about you know, out there kneeling, catering to the black people during the protests. And so the officer whose dash cam they audited, he was heard saying that, um, that there's going to be a, a civil war and he's going to go buy a new assault rifle and we're just going to go out and start slaughtering them effing N-words. And he can't wait. God, I can't wait. Just, you know, killing them all. This should set them back four or five generations. Wow. And so those were his words. And he is a police officer. And so, as I've always said, I know that all cops aren't bad. But when things like this get brought to the light and nobody denounces them, well, they were fired, which is good, but nobody denounces them. 
And these are things that they're saying in their cop cars. So which one of y'all am I going to get when I have to call the police or when I need y'all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is with the, because I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting to hate that all, you know, all cops aren't bad. But mm-hmm. like if you look at businesses or anything, it can just take one employee that can ruin your whole, everything. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? They can just miss me with that all cops aren't bad type of, you know, issue. Um, you know, the, the act or whatever that they drew up, I think is good. It definitely needs some revision. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like what you, what you said that they were doing, like that it would go, it would follow them. But I'm almost like, I'm hoping that this will actually do something in that other um, sanctions or, you know, police stations or whatever in different states don't hire them. Because I can yeah. almost see where they're just like, oh, I don't care. We'll hire them. Because even what George Floyd's uh, killer or whatever, he had um, like, like 16. 18, 18. Yeah. And he's still there. So what, what makes you think that he, somebody can't go somewhere else and they don't care about 16? Like, what's the limit? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're like even a limit for this? Or they're just like, oh, yeah, this is some BS. You know, uh, somebody in the department got 20. He only got 15. So yeah, you're hired, you know? So <laughs> again, it, it's a start, but it's just like, I see so many loopholes where it's just like, okay, but is that really going to stop people from getting hired? You know? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it could, it couldn't, it, it just depends on the department, depends on, um, you know, who's the head of the department or whatever. So yeah, I can see how, where that could be an issue. But I mean, it, it does follow. And I think that's why the, the police chief was like, you know, uh, the police chief was like, you know, it makes it less likely for them to get hired. He didn't say, you know, they definitely wouldn't get hired. It's just that because, like you say, it, you don't know where, you, where they're going to go. They could go anywhere and, you know, some, and someone might hire them. And, and but my, more, my, my main concern now is that now these people are regular civilians walking the street and can carry, can pretty much at this point do what they want. You know, they're not facing no jail time. They're not doing anything, which I don't think there's a reason for them to go to jail, but um, they can pretty much do whatever they want at this point because they're just regular civilians. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just reinforcing something that, uh, you know, us as Black people just kind of know that this, this is the talk that they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? We just don't get to see it on video. That's, that's why I'm glad that came out because it's like you said, it's one of those things where it's they got caught. And mm-hmm. so now it leaves you to wonder how many others are speaking like that. Yeah. How many others are saying things like that? And, you know, it, it might not be a lot of them. It, it might not. But we don't know because we don't get to hear that information until, yeah. now. you know, now it, it's out there. So you know- go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I just really think that not necessarily like it's the end all be all like type thing or whatever. However, again, like you said, with, you know, the Democrats not even wanting to even hear or even come to the table to even talk, you know what I'm saying, to even produce something to see what could possibly work or some some ideas. It's the same thing I feel 
like with him making a statement, it may not, you know what I'm saying, work or it may, you know, but it is, it is a start as it yeah, it's a start in the right direction. Black people is known for complaining about, oh, they ain't doing nothing, blah, 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 blah. But then when they do something, then it is also, well, I mean, there's this, this, oh, we understand, you know what I'm saying? How mm -hmm. about not necessarily just be grateful for what we got or whatever, but it is a start. And the whole thing is to build upon that. So again, we can maybe try to close the gap or close the loopholes that, you know what I'm saying, are within some of the issues that we have within our community. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. That's a, and that's a very good point where, you know, it, it's a good start. Yeah. We don't know if they'll get rehired or not, but the fact that you're making this record follow them and this is a permanent thing where nah bro you got i'm gonna fire you you can't just resign because resigning shows that you just decided you didn't want work anymore no you're getting fired this is against your will you were fired and, and that's so, good what makes a statement yeah you know and and because even in society with our, within our government, sometimes within our jobs or things or whatever, a lot of stuff is, you know, closed and kept and, you know, let's keep quiet about this. Let's keep quiet about that. Or, okay, I don't want to make a big scene. No, these things need to be seen. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things that's behind the scenes that's not being seen. And that's the reason why there's no transparency. A lot of the time the public doesn't trust the, you know what I'm saying? Our, our law enforcement or our, our systems or things or whatever, because there is no transparency. They think that the, the rules only apply to the public and it doesn't apply for those that are in blues or those that are, you know, judges and lawyers and, you know, higher ups or whatever, or people of power or authority, like those laws don't apply to them. So, but yeah. when the public does see that, okay, this does apply to them too, that you, okay, you guys are taking action, or whatever no it's not going to happen overnight but it is happening and it is moving i feel like you know over time things will change or the perception will change or even you know building trust within you know our cops and you know us together as a unity you know what i'm saying we can build something there yeah for yeah. sure i think uh and you know it might be a little off subject or whatnot but um I, I think it's so crazy now because um, I don't know if you heard of, about like, you know, a whole bunch of like just officers just uh, quitting and things like that mm -hmm. and because they have to kind of watch their step and act in an appropriate manner. And it's almost cl close to like being black. Like when you get out here, you got to move and talk and do stuff a certain way. And they're not used to that. They have to move, talk, and do a certain way. And since they can't do that anymore, guess what? They just quit. They just take off the badge. But the thing is, we can't do that. So it's just like now this, this is making them take accountability and have to move, talk, and do things a different way because you're always on camera. People are always judging you. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff that they don't want, like this is what we've been feeling. And so... Yeah. Sometimes I'm glad like this is happening. Like you see literally like they can't handle it. That's why a lot of them are quitting is because they have to act, move, talk in a certain manner that they're not used to because you could be on camera and we're going to call you out now, you know? Yeah. I mean, so, but I also think some of them are quitting because I do feel some of the stuff that uh, 
some of these states and cities are doing, these municipalities or whatever are doing, is a little excessive and a little overboard. Um, you know, there, there's some things where it's like, okay, well, we didn't ask for that. So, I mean, going back to where we were talking about the master bedroom, master bathroom thing, and uh, we didn't ask y'all to change that. So, like, there's, there's, and there's certain, certain things with police officers that it's like, okay, now, also, when do we allow them to do their jobs? Because we didn't ask y'all to change this rule. We're talking about this. Y'all are taking it way too far at this point now. And, um, and rather, and they're in like a, a rush to do things, a rush to make changes, which I think we should make changes for sure. Like we need to change legislation, but uh, let's not, let's not rush to, uh, let's not make the wrong changes when we do that. And I think some of the cops are quitting because of that, because it's like, okay, well now I really can't do my job or like I've been doing my job very well. And now you're making it hard for me to do my job. And, and that sucks, but also it's like, well, okay, well maybe we can get some more people in there. Well, yeah. I, think, I, I, I think too though, because so my stepdad's a cop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a, he's, he's one of the good guys. So, you know, I look at it like he's not he's not even thinking about quitting or thinking about he never told me about any of his coworkers talking about quitting and nothing like that. Yeah. I think is I think is when you get some individuals that now are being looked at under a microscope and and they're not able to maintain this whole, you know, assassin profile that they're used to doing and able to, you know, hunt people down in the street and cuss at people and punch innocent people in the face that's not being that's not being violent towards them i think that just rubs them the wrong way they yeah, don't, they don't have the they don't have the freedom to do what they want to do yeah they don't have the they don't have the freedom because you know like uh, i think with chanel um like what she said talking about you know um we're supposed to be held to this higher standard like we're not supposed to be scared or, or be fearful but the cops can just use that as an excuse i fear for my life but you're the one with the with the training the gun the taser the partners coming up with all their all their uh all their firearms with them and all that stuff too mm -hmm. so I, I i think i think a lot of them are just like oh well you know it's not it's not fun being a cop anymore because we can't do the things that we're always used to doing i can't play cops and robbers anymore and get paid for it so exactly i'm a i'm a quit and so even out of this whole thing with those three cops from wilmington one of the good things I've seen is a lot of their cases are being reviewed as well. So like uh, some of their arrests, I think it's like 84, or 89 of their arrests or something like that are being reviewed to see if there were any uh, biases in, in when they were making arrests or when they stopped somebody or, or whatever. Um, and I, I saw some of them were thrown out because I guess it, it just didn't apply. But I, I'm glad that some of their, you know, their previous stuff was, is being reviewed. That's important. So, um, so, so like one of the things that always bothers me about all that stuff, though, is is the fabrication of uh, of police reports and whatnot. Yeah. It's it's way too easy because think about it. When it gets to a he say she say type of thing, like the cops are always gonna put something in there that's gonna justify uh, why they why made they that did mistake. why they did something. Like, yeah, like, like the... for example. Like, 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 real quick, like, like, for example, I use myself as, as an example, and mm -hmm. I'm just gonna put myself out there. Um, uh, back in 2014, I got a DUI, right? Got pulled over, all that stuff. 
what the cop put into the police report. He said I was swerving in and out of lanes. That did not happen. The dash cam did not even show that. But he put <laughs> he put that in there to make his case better. And now, granted, that's a smaller scale. But like at the same time, though, you're gonna put and this is the history of doing that, of putting in those little details that weren't even true, but it's gonna justify um what they did hence why a lot of these officers when they put hands on you in the police report they said was uh resisting arrest yeah so i had to put down on the ground or something you know yeah like the uh another example is uh i don't know if you all saw this incident but in la mesa uh this black kid was sitting at like a train stop or bus stop or whatever and the cop came up to him said he was smoking weed or you know something of that nature but uh in his police report he said that or he arrested the kid for assaulting the officer. So when all of the body cam footage and the people released their videos came out, nowhere in that video does it show that he was assaulting him or, you know, assaulting the officer. And so they had to drop the case against the, the dude. And I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the cops, but uh, I know he's under review and everything, but uh, the police had to drop the charges because nowhere in none of the video does it, does it show that he assaulted the police officer. But that's what the officer wrote in his report, and that's what the officer arrested him for. And so, and what's crazy to me, crazy to me is that y'all are still fabricating reports when there's all this video evidence. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, when does the video evidence our eyes trump what you're telling me on paper? You know, <laughs> and that's and that's what it seemed like he did in this one, where, okay, well, we we the police department, we saw the video. So we can't charge him for assaulting an officer because of this. <laughs> yeah, and Hopefully they fire him, to be honest. And when does that come into account of these cameras need to be on at all times? It should be a law. Because now we know that so, stuff is fabricated. And how can we start believing reports again? Now? How can we start believing reports anyway? And so that's the, that's the to have cameras. That's the local municipality. So that's where, once again, this is things we got to vote for. So uh, because the federal government can't fiddle with that, they can't fiddle with how the local police department handles their, um, or the local, you know, the cities handle their police departments. So they can give out the grants for police departments using uh, their body cams and using them correctly and unaltering the footage and stuff, but at the same time, they can't say, oh, well, it's law, you have to do it. So that comes into locally, we either have to put pressure on our, you know, our local uh, politicians to pass that and make that mandatory, or, you know, it, or, and also at the same time, they still alter those videos because when they go review them, they can still edit that stuff. They can edit it, they can, you know, alter it however they need to alter it to make it, to cover it up. So that's another thing where if that, uh, Either they, they make it to where, because I believe in Colorado, one of my friends was telling me that they're trying to pass it where within 14 days, you have to release the footage and you cannot have edited the footage or altered the footage in any kind of way. You have to release the footage. There's a good and there's a bad to that because if it's personal information that gets released as well, because they can't edit it, they can't alter it, they can't you know blank things out. But it's a good thing because now we get to see the full unadulterated video of what happened. 
Um, so, you know, it's a good and a bad thing. But like I said, that that comes from local politics. We have to be on our politicians about it, telling them, hey, y'all need to mandate body cams. But does body cams really help them with the use of force? Like, you know, reduce use of force? We don't know because studies haven't really shown there to be a big change in that, even with the body cams. So I, I don't know. But um, this can take us into the next thing, because I know you want to talk about the, the lynchings that have gone on um, since May 27th and, you know, majority of them being, well, all of them being ruled suicides and uh, the Justice Act that Senator Tim Scott had, uh, had put out makes lynching a federal hate crime. But uh, since May 27th, there's been six Black people that have been found dead from separate hangings. Uh, I believe there was one woman, four men, and a teenage boy. So there was one. In, there was two of them in California. I believe another one was in New York. One was in Texas, and I think one was in Oregon. Uh, two of them have been. Uh, well, all of them have been ruled suicide, but two of them actually have video showing that it was a suicide. So. The teenage boy in Texas, I believe, that was hanging, um, he was 17, but he was hanging at the school, uh, or they found him hanging at some school. Uh, they have security, they say they have security video that shows that it was suicide. And then the other guy from Palmdale, California, I believe his name was, yeah, or no, huh? Oh, nothing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, the other guy from Victorville, California. It was Victorville, California, not uh, not Palmdale, but uh, Malcolm Harch. Uh, his family came out and said that it was a su it was suicide, and that the police showed them a video um, from a from a camera that was that caught it from like across the street or something like that. But that they they saw the video and it was a suicide. I don't know because they haven't released the video and I don't want them to release the video because I quite frankly, I don't want to see anybody being hung or hanging themselves. Um, so I don't know how accurate the video is, if it, you know, real video or whatever, but that's just from my research that two of those, they did have video evidence showing that those were suicides. Um, so I know Charles, you wanted to talk about that. So uh, what's up? Yeah, no, I, that was new information for me for the uh, the videos or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I understand in regards to the family, you know, the family's not wanting to kind of release the videos. Mm -hmm. But there is a certain transparency aspect of it of like, I want to see the video like I, I want to because the thing is, there's so much stuff where it's just like you're going to make people's minds wonder, like, did you pay these people off? Did you pay the family off to say this? Like, what, did you threaten the family to say this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, to me, it doesn't make sense with the, with the long history. I don't think there's ever been, that I can recall, a black person just hanging themselves with a noose on a tree, just ever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it is, it's crazy because this comes after the, the Emmett Till Act where it, like you said, it makes the federal, uh, or it makes the uh, lynching a federal hate crime that all these, the string of these happen, you yeah. know, it's 
it's just crazy that a string of five happened and they're all suicides and we've never seen this in our lifetimes our parents probably have never seen it in their lifetimes where it's a suicide yeah it's, you know? it's a little bit it's a little bit iffy like you know yeah. it, it's iffy and me personally like i said i don't i don't want to see the video like i don't <laughs> i don't i don't care to see somebody hanging i'll have somebody watching and let me know what they think but i don't want to see the video because it's too many times we see black people uh portray in this light on the media and and I, I honestly i hate it because it these not only does it kind of desensitize you but it, it's like it's just one of those things where it's like i don't i don't want to continuously see my people you know in this light in this negative light or whatever um and i yeah i don't want to see that video i don't want to <laughs> see none of them <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't think like somebody I think that somebody in the public has to personally see it to verify. Now, everybody mm-hmm. don't need video, but it, it needs to be some type of transparency. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can, uh, with like desensitization, it's just like, what's more desensitizing? Is it people just reading, oh, another black person suicide hunging, uh, don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's just as desensitizing. Like, it's just like, Oh, number five now. Like it's, I don't know. It's like I almost feel like, especially, um, you know, this generation of the white community, it's like they don't see this. You know, what I'm saying those lynchings way back in the day, like with you know, with our grandparents and stuff. Like those white people may have seen it, but it's like this new generation. I think maybe you you probably do need to see it to realize like this is still happening. This is you know, this is it. Like, this is happening. You guys act like this has been so long ago. Like, it's happening. Well, see, that's you know? what I'm saying. They they can watch it. <laughs> I ain't watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and that, that goes to show where, like, I think that's why, you know, you have a, like, granted, there's a lot of white people that they've always believed that we should have, everybody should be equal. And, but I think that's why you see an influx of people that have been, um, joining Black Lives Matter because we were all at home when George Floyd died. Like we were all at home, quarantine, COVID-19 had taken pretty much our lives where where all we could do is sit at home, watch TV, get on social media, or you know just be on our phones or whatever. And so you have so many people who they saw this thing, not, I'm not gonna say firsthand because I don't know how many people watched it live, but you have people where this was kind of forced for you to see. And so that's why you have a lot of them where they're like, oh, shit, this is this is wrong. Like, this is crazy, which is why I also think we saw a lot of cops speaking out saying like, oh, this is wrong. This is crazy. Like I so that I can get that that standpoint of what you're saying, like, you know, you got to have to see it to believe it. And if you don't see it, then you're really not going to believe that it's true. And uh, to the respect of the hangings uh i believe there's still um four more that they haven't um they have no evidence on so they don't really know if it's a suicide or not uh i mean they're ruling it a suicide but like in the case of robert fuller who was found in palmdale um i believe hanging outside of the library or the courthouse or something like that um it's still being ruled a suicide but they have no video evidence and 
because I think they said on the, the side that he was, the cameras didn't catch that side or something like that. I don't, I don't remember a hundred percent, but um, yeah, there's still no video evidence for that one. Um, that's, I don't know. That's what I'm saying where it's just like, you always don't got no, this side didn't catch it or this, or even the fact of why did he commit suicide? Is there something going on? You know what I'm saying? Why did he commit it? Are you guys going to investigate that or is it just closed book? You know what I'm saying? Like, what caused him to do that? Is there a, a bigger issue going on? But it's just like, I don't think that they take time to do that. It's just like they just try to close the case real quick. Yeah, and, it's a suicide opening shut case. Yeah, like what, what happened to make him do that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I get that. So uh, this is a, another topic I wanted to talk about, um, and this is a little off the topic of police and police brutality and everything, but I wanted to talk about uh, Black-owned businesses. And as a, with a Black-owned business, like what do you all think should be at the forefront of a Black-owned business? Because I've had some issues with a couple recently where I've, because I've started uh, trying to do more to support my own people in some of their, and you know, in their business ventures because I want us to succeed. I want us to thrive. Um, just like I want myself to succeed and thrive and I want others to succeed and thrive. But um, with some of the things that you think as a black owned business should be in the forefront as far as quality and um, to keep you coming back for more business. Yeah. I mean, to me, definitely customer service, you know, um, <laughs> I, I think um, when we do start businesses, we almost get the sense of like, all right, since this is a black business, it's for black people. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, if you're, if you're doing a business, you want to make the business for everybody. There's, yeah. you know, so you're going to have to put it to, um, you know, certain standard and not saying that like black people take any type of standard, but it's just like, you're like, oh, yeah, all my friends are, they're just going to, you know, just give it to me because I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you don't need that mindset. Like, you need to be practicing that customer service mindset of, hey, I need to be keeping these customers and things like that. It's just like, we're almost like, hey, this is a gimme because I'm a black business and the black people coming to me. And I, yeah. I think that's the mindset that we don't need to be having. Yeah. And um, and I, I agree with you 100%. I think customer service is a big thing. Like, for me with my clothing line, um, you know, with Black Elephant, recently we have been with production and, uh, and delivery, you know, it's been, it's been a slow process just because of COVID. So where things usually took about three to seven days for you to receive, sometimes it's taking about a month for you to get, just because production has slowed down because, you know, all of the different, uh, the different states having, you know, different uh, regulations as far as how many people can be in a certain space and, and this, that, and the third. And so the business that I, that I work with to make my clothing, they've, uh, they've slowed down because they're, they've had a lot of orders, you know, they've gotten, you know, where they thought things would have slowed down for them as far as people ordering stuff they've gotten an influx of orders and it has slowed them down as well because with COVID they can't produce how they were producing where, like I said, it was like three to seven days from production to you receiving it at your door. 
Um, but people that have ordered from me, I've reached out to the company and then I've reached out to them and let them know, hey, look, uh, you know, just letting you know, this is where your product is. This is the status of it right now. I want to let you know and thank you for your patience and everything like that. Once I get a shipping number, I will send it to you, you know, via email, text message, whatever, because most of them have been my friends. So it's like, you know, I'll send it to you once I get the shipping, you know, the shipping information and let you know that it's on its way. And I've had issues with that from other companies. So recently I've bought or I've bought things from black owned businesses and I get it. COVID has slowed down a lot of things for a lot of people, but there was one where my sister ordered me this face wash and this moisturizing gel and uh, this toner from this company. And I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to badmouth them, but ordered this stuff from this company and um, she never received like the shipping email saying, okay, your products have been shipped and I get my product, but I only have two out of three products. And so there's nothing in there letting me know, hey, uh, the toner will be coming at a later date because it's on back order, you know, whatever. And um, I reached out to him via email and I think I did that Wednesday or Thursday. I still haven't heard anything back. Wow. My sister, reached, she DM'd them on Instagram. She still hasn't heard anything back. And so it's like, at that point, it's like, okay, you're about to lose my business. I want to support you. But because you can't even communicate, I can't continue. To, you don't have any customer service. Like your customer service skills are terrible. So I can't uh, continue to do business with you like that. Sure. And the uh, But on the flip side, I had a company where uh, I emailed them. I'm like, hey, you know, I received this email on the 16th or whenever. And you all said that I should receive my product in like three to five days it's been 10 days or 10 plus days and I still haven't received it. What's going on next day, shipping confirmation and everything. And then they asked me, you know, and then they came back on the flip side and asked, okay, how was our service because of that? That's good customer service. Like if I asked you one thing and next day I'm getting shipping confirmation, that lets me know you heard what I said, you got on it and you sent the product out. True. I mean, I think that we have to realize that um, entrepreneurship as a whole Mm -hmm. has just become like this big trend. You know, everybody wants to do it, but can everybody really do it? Mm -hmm. No, you know. Everybody ain't meant for it. Yeah, so I I think that we're getting like a flux of, uh, you know, black business owners that are really new and you know they're they're trying to get onto the you know the cool thing to do and you know it's kind of hurting ones that that really thoroughly study this and research this this is you know this is not something that you just you know make up in your mind to do and then just go do it like you there's a lot of research and stuff that goes into this you know mm-hmm. classes people take um and, and you know i just feel like it's a, right now it's a trend so it is it's going to be hard trying to find the legit ones that are really trying to build uh, customers, establish customer service, you know, and all that. So it's, it's like picking through a lot of weeds, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> finding these, these black businesses. But 
I mean, it is something exciting to do, you know, because when you do find it, like you want to tell everybody about how good the customer service was and everything. Yeah. And sure. I, I just think that the the history in regards to, you know, we look at Black Wall Street and all this stuff about our, our businesses being burnt down and stuff like that. We're starting brand new. So I think sometimes we do have to kind of just lower our standards, let that business learn. Like, especially if it's a really new business, you know, it's, if, if you can give them feedback, you know, just communicate to them, Hey, you know, really good item, but Hey, next time, you know, maybe you want to do this, this, and that in the third, that it can really help that business out. You know, sometimes I think that we're, we're really overly critical. Um, and people just might not even know where like once you point it out they're like oh man i didn't know that let me you know uh you know get my customer service you know a little bit better so it's something that i think that we do have to work as a whole to you know get our businesses up to par because you know a lot of businesses that we're comparing to they they've been there for generations hundreds of years and stuff like that they've kind of perfected it as of us since they kind of destroyed a lot of our businesses that's been there for a long time we're we're really starting over you know well see these these businesses that i was using they they've been established like one of them they um they're selling products on like walmart target stuff like that so like their products are already like mainstream um, gotcha the one that never responded and we still haven't heard from they're not new like they they've been around and it's uh and everything's so, like you know they've been around for a while so at this point you should know or even like I, I get what you're saying like we have to give you know especially some of the newer businesses where they're just figuring trying to figure everything out and what works for them and how how to run their business better um mm -hmm. yeah give them a break and you know let's not hold them to this high standard right now and then just be like oh well i'm just gonna cut you off completely but you gotta know if you're going in business and you're serving a customer you have to have customer service true you have to, because that's going to keep your customers coming back. Like I'm a new, I mean, I, my clothing line has been going since 2018, but I'm, you know, more serious about it now than I ever was. But even from the beginning, I knew I had to have good customer service. You know, if, if my customer had a complaint, I had to be there and respond to them and, and, you know, try to fix that because I want them to come back. I want them to continue to buy my stuff, but also at the same time that helps me learn, okay, well, this product sucked let me go find a new product that I can use and, and put out. And, it, but I mean, but I just think that, uh, like you said, you know, we get, we're getting an influx of new entrepreneurs who, uh, it's the trend. So they're not entrepreneurial minded. They're more nine to five minded, but they're trying to run their own business, which is cool, yeah. but you got to do your research. You got to study, you got to, you got to figure it out and you have to take the criticism and you got to try to make things better when you are criticized about a certain thing as well. So if I'm sitting here telling you, Hey bro, I ain't got my product respond. <laughs> like don't, don't just ignore me. I paid you my money. You took my money up front and gave me two out of two out of three of my products. True. Yeah, no, no, I, I feel you. I was just looking up the statistics of like uh, small businesses uh, failing. Mm -hmm. So it says 50% of small businesses fail in their fifth year. Mm -hmm. So like up to half will be failing in their fifth year. 
And I, again, I think that just goes to not everybody can, you know, start their own business. And just with this flux, you know, I hate to say it, but half of us are not going to make it, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> and the ones, obviously, that's not responding, <laughs> they're going to be the first ones to drop, you yeah. know. But, yeah, I mean, I think I, the beauty of it, I, you know, I think that there are going to be those few that, that get really big, you know. And yeah, that's, for sure. That's really what we're, we're, what we're wanting. Um, but don't get too big that you forget about your people. Like, that's, true. that's one thing. Like, yeah, we have to make products that are services that cater to everybody. But don't forget, <laughs> don't forget about your people when you get big. Like, you can't you can't just forget about where you came from. I'm not saying you got to stay there, but you can't forget about where you came from and you can't about, you can't forget about bettering your community, you know? So. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. It's just like, uh, I'm gonna just throw like hair care products or whatever. So, you know, maybe you have your head and shoulders that cater to majority, you know, white, white audience base, but then maybe later down the line, they're like, Hey, you know, we want like a, a section for, black hair care products and now they have their subsection mm -hmm. so but the main focus is the white community so i think that's what you're trying to say is like hey you know still focus on that black community if you get big yeah you can go ahead and branch out but still keep that primary focus you know yeah. and i mean and not even necessarily uh product wise but just like let's say you're selling a product that everybody's buying that everybody's using like i mean everybody uses beard oil you know, to, to make sure that beard is good or trimmers or whatever. But if you're black and you have a black owned business, don't forget about giving back to your community. Don't forget about um, trying to build up your community. Like, uh, like just, you know, just, just doing things for your community because this is where you came from and you should always want to see better for your people. And that's what's going to help everybody else. You know, that's what's going to help everybody else in your community where we build each other up. Like, like I said, I want to support black owned businesses because I want to see my people thrive. I want to see, uh, not saying that I don't like white people or I don't want to see their businesses thrive, but I, being black, I'm proud to be black. So I want to see my people that look like me, talk like me, walk like me, whatever. Um, I want to see them succeed like me, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's just even, you know, with our children and stuff, like, I want them to have a hero that, you know, mm -hmm. looks like them you know there's nothing to me there's nothing wrong with that yeah uh, so i want, I want white people to have a hero that look like them too like yeah. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that at all yeah so you know and there's there's nothing wrong and I, I i definitely think that we can do it it's just really what we are going to be weeding out a whole bunch of you know kind of the bad apples of people that really can't start a business yeah and I, I i think that we have to kind of keep the the light on the ones that are doing good and mm -hmm. not the light on the ones that are doing bad i think we do like a, a better job of showing how bad somebody was in regards to customer yeah. service opposed to how good how somebody was yeah so i think i think that that's definitely a, a key as well too is to shine yeah. as much on the on the good as well yeah, and see, that's why I didn't want to say any names. Like, I didn't want to be like, "Oh, well, this company right here, they suck. They suck at customer service." Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about you, but yeah, but I do want to 
let it be known that we got to do better. We got to do better with our customer service and everything, If you, especially if you're a Black-owned business. You got to do better, especially if you want people to keep coming back. And yeah, uh, yeah so no, nah, that's that's cool. That's that's same way I feel. Like, I just I just feel like we need to uh, uplift and show and shed light on the good businesses out there that are that are, you know, five star quality, you know, good product, good customer, great customer service. Hell, even if your products suck, I still might buy it because your customer service was outstanding, you know? Yeah. No, that's true. You know, I, I'd rather buy a four-star product than a five-star product if the customer service is good. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> On everything. Like, that. that's that's what that's what makes, you know, establishes a business is that customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, like I said, I, I, I definitely think that uh, we're on the right track. And then, you know, just hopefully, like, the businesses, they're, they're in a mindset where everybody can eat. You know, there's enough to go around. Mm-hmm. And everybody you know, has a piece of it. Yeah, and just, you know, be promoting everybody. You know, spread, spread the love to everybody. Um, I was just, uh, I think I was talking to Anthony. I was talking to somebody about um just even giving out like your blueprint or you know teaching people your skill set i think kind of with the black community we are scared that hey if if i give them the blueprint of how i did this you know i'm gonna lose all this money but if god has given you a skill mm-hmm. nobody can take that skill nobody can do that skill better than you so, like, if LeBron taught me everything he knows about basketball, guess what? LeBron ain't scared. You know what I'm saying? I can't be LeBron. I didn't – you know, God didn't give me that skill. I may be a way better basketball player, but it's never going to be up to the par of LeBron. Exactly. So, it's like, even, you know, just even doing that and just teaching people how, how you're doing it is, is, is awesome. That's, a, you know, a, a way to give back as well. Yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of what you do with your invest in myself, um, with your videos. You 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 tell people how you did what you did to get your real estate portfolio, how you did what you did to make sure your finances were intact. You know, and that's that's a good thing. Like giving people the blueprint isn't a bad thing because even even if someone does it better than you, like you still should want to see them succeed and and be the best they can be at it. True. And again, it, it builds business partners too. Like mm-hmm. if that person and he becomes better, he or she becomes better than you. Like that's a, a good business partner right there. Like, you know, it's, it's all about networking too. So it's all, you always want to help somebody up. Cause then if they become better than you, they can help you up even more, or even teach you something. So it's for sure again, all about bouncing ideas, giving back and pretty much building each other up. Like any, company that you see it's not just one person it's many people that came along the way somebody could have came two years ago or whatever but it's you know they're always bouncing ideas up to get bigger and better and that's what i think that we need to focus on too it's just you know bringing people up with us that that actually want to you know that really want to learn like if you see somebody that's eager they're even asking you questions about stuff that you didn't even tell them about and stuff like i'm taking that person under my wing you know, I want to mentor that person because they seem like they're serious about it. Um, so just even mentorships, like we need to start really trying to teach, you know, our youth or somebody that really wants to learn. Just take that little bitty time to just 
to help them. You never know how, you know, they'll help you in the future. For sure. And, um, and to the people who, who are listening to this podcast today, I, I do want to pr- promote a, uh, a newsletter that will be going out. So my friends, sisters, or not, sorry, my sister's friends, um, they're going to start a, They're starting a newsletter that's supposed to help people, uh, locate, you know, black owned businesses and, and, you know, support these black owned businesses. So what they're pretty much doing is giving out a, uh, a newsletter every week, uh, with a, a black, one black owned business, they're going to be promoting for that week and, uh, they'll be sending it out to their subscribers. So I will put a link in, or yeah, I will put a link in the, uh, information, information section uh, for that website. So that way you can go subscribe if you want to support black owned businesses and receive those newsletters every week. So that way you can support and reach out, um, to black owned businesses. And if you have a black owned business, you can reach out to them as well and let them know that you want them to feature your business in one of their newsletters. So, um, like I said, I will be providing that link in the description. Uh, but I just wanted to show them some support because, I'm putting black elephant out there. So I want people to support black elephant and I'm going to be putting it in their newsletter as well. So that way they can, people can come support my business. But, um, but not like, like you said, we, we all need to help each other grow and share information and network with each other because that creates partnerships. Definitely. No, that's, that's what's up. Uh, what you and your, are what your sister and her friends are doing. Um, I, I even think, uh, diversity of, um businesses makes a a very good community you know Mm -hmm. even that newsletter that's just that diversification like you know you don't want everybody uh, sharing or uh selling beard shampoos you know i'm saying like even being diverse that's a diversity of everything like a clothing line a clothing brand uh a beard you know face wash, you know, you know, companies that just have different things that you can go to each company and be like, Oh, I want this. I want, I'm going to get this from this one. I'm going to get this one, this from over here. Like you said, yeah. diversity. It, and it's a, it's a good thing. Definitely. But yeah, no, I'm gonna have to check out that newsletter. Yeah, for sure. I'll send you the link. So that way you can subscribe if you want to and everything. So that way, um, cause I believe they said they'll start sending them out July 12th, I believe. So, okay. yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll, like I said, I will provide that link in the description page of this podcast. But I mean, man, that's all I have for today. I didn't really have much, um, but I think we had some good conversation. That's all I have for today. Definitely. No, this was very, very good conversation, like usual. Yeah, for I, sure. What's up to now? I said I enjoyed it. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. But all right, so we're going to sign off and we'll be back we'll be back next week for another, you know, the discussion and and see where things go. But we'll have some more topics for y'all next week, so I'm going to sign off and and everybody be easy. <laughs>